This morning's scripture reading is from Isaiah 49, verses 13 to 16. Hear God's word. Sing for joy, O heavens, and exalt, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her nursing child, that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb? Even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Please stand for the doxology. Uh, good morning again. If we haven't met, my name is Tim, and I'm one of the pastors here at Emmanuel. It's a great joy to be able to uh, preach God's word for you all this morning. Uh, but before getting into our text, uh, let's pray once more. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you uh, for your love for us. We thank you for these words uh, that are from you. These are words that are not merely words on a page, but words of life. And Spirit, would you give us understanding? May life be experienced abundantly in the ways that you have designed for it to. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, last week, we started a five-week sermon series on the topic of God's love. And during this stretch, we hope to uh, expand and uh, largen our understanding of God's word. Uh, there's so much to God's love. It's more comprehensive, it's way more uh, multifaceted than we might think. And when we, when we consider God's love, uh, it's, it is beautiful. Uh, it's meant to be a delight to our souls, uh, something that we can enjoy, uh, especially in the times when life seems to be going well for, for all of us. But what about when life is not going well? When there's pain and suffering, when we're dealing with the reality of how broken our world is, it's in these moments that we might actually question God's love for us. We might ask ourselves the, the question, if God really loves us, then, then why is all of this happening? Today, we're going to consider a passage in the book of Isaiah where the prophet Isaiah gives a prophecy that the nation of Israel is going to experience a dark season in their history. Back in the 6th century BC, the Babylonians became an unstoppable force in the ancient world. And at some point, they set their eyes on Israel and took over their land. City walls of Jerusalem were decimated. The Babylonians, they plundered everything that's in the city. And in the heart of Jerusalem, the temple was torn down. And to make matters worse, the, the Israelites, they were forced to leave their homes. They were exiled to Babylon. And so their entire identity was stripped right before their eyes. And in response to all of this, they say in verse 14, the Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. But despite these difficult circumstances, uh, this passage in Isaiah that we're going to look at, it, it offers us a picture of God's 
love. The image of a, a mother's love for her child is something that's used to describe God's love for his people. And so we're going to look at three things about God's love that is like a mother's love. So first, a, a love that remembers, a love that has compassion, and then lastly, a love that is certain. So first, a love that remembers. So in the midst of all that the Israelites are experiencing, all of this intense pain and suffering, they felt as though God gave up on them. And isn't this one of the most painful realities that any one of us can go through? And that's to suffer alone, to suffer in silence. It is crushing when we are in the thick of suffering and it feels like we're all alone and that no one notices that we're in pain. And there can be this nagging fear of we've been forgotten. When we suffer in silence, being alone in that experience could be just as painful as the suffering itself. But before the Israelites go further down this downward spiral, uh, God tries to convince them that he hasn't forgotten them at all. He uses the illustration of a mother's unique relationship to her child, where only a mother can carry a child in her womb. Only a mother can nurse her child. There's this intimate and dependent relationship that a mother has with her child that is unlike any other relationship. And back then, a child's livelihood was all the more dependent on the mother. There was no formula back then. There weren't times during the middle of the night where the father could break out the bottle and give the mother a break. There, there were no pumps to have reserves in your refrigerator uh, for the next day, perhaps. A child's livelihood was completely dependent on the mother. And so in ancient times, it was really a necessity for a mother to be mindful of her child's needs. To, to forget could risk the well-being of the child. And so knowing this reality, God says in verse 15, can a woman forget her nursing child? that she should have no compassion on the son of her womb. Now, because of this intimate and dependent relationship that exists between a mother and her child, you know, this isn't even a question. The point that God's trying to make is that, of course a mother can't forget her nursing child. Of course a mother cannot withhold compassion on the son of her womb. But whether we had mothers who were nurturing or even the complete opposite, God says that his love for us surpasses all other loves. At the end of verse 15, he says, even these may forget, yet I will not forget you. And so this is a God who always remembers. He will never neglect his people. He's not an absentee parent 
but a fully present one. His attention is fully and completely <clears throat> on us. He can't be distracted by anything. And there's nothing that we could ever do that would make God want to forget any of us. He's not the kind of God that will neglect the care of his children. This is a God who embodies a love that remembers. Now, I came to appreciate just how true this promise is uh, during a mission trip to Ethiopia several years ago. Our team, we partnered with a ministry in the capital city of Addis Ababa where uh, they were caring for the poorest of the poor in the city, particularly those afflicted with HIV and AIDS. And in Ethiopia and in many other parts of the world, uh, having HIV or AIDS is a huge social stigma where you are shunned by everyone who is around you. And many of the people that were being cared for by this ministry uh, are women, single parents, because the one person who, who should have never left them in the first place, their husbands, more often than not, they immediately run away when they find out about the status of their wife. Neighbors tend to not even acknowledge their presence, and sometimes they might even be pushed out of the neighborhood. Even that their own families might disown them. During one of these trips, our, our team, we led a Bible study for some of the women, and we were looking at this passage in the book of Hebrews, uh, chapter 13, verse 5. Uh, God gives this amazing promise where he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we opened up a time where people could share their comments, ask questions during this time. And then one of the women uh, in this group spoke up. She's one of the poorest of the poor in Ethiopia, struggling with HIV. Every single day of her life, she experiences being forsaken by the people around her. And despite all of that, she says, we are living proof that God has not forsaken us. This woman was non-existent to the world. And yet she knew that God would never turn, her, turn his face away. She truly believed in a God who demonstrates his love by remembering her. So that's our first point, God, a love that remembers. But there's more to God's love than just that. That moves us to our second point, a love that has compassion. Verse 13 says, sing for joy, O heavens, and exult, O earth. Break forth, O mountains, into singing. For the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on his afflicted. Now, whenever the, the Bible uses the word compassion, uh, there is so much richness and depth to this word. Because compassion is not merely emotions or, or feelings, but there's always this sense of, of action that accompanies. The biblical understanding of compassion means that there are concrete demonstrations of love and service. 
And what drives this compassion is, is not a sense of obligation or, or duty, but it's pure love and delight for the other person. And so real compassion, though it often requires a lot of time, energy, effort, it's, it's not viewed as, as a burden. And another layer of compassion is that there's usually this meaningful sense of connection that you have with the other person. When there is real compassion, you, you feel the burden of what the other person is experiencing. Compassion is not done from somewhere afar, but, but you are near to someone else. And so when true compassion is extended, burdens are, are felt, they, they, they are shared. There comes a sense of, of relief because of everything that happens. And so when our passage says that God will have compassion on his people, it means that he's going to act, that he's going to do something. It means that he's going to respond, not begrudgingly, out of joy. It means that he's so close to us that, that he feels and carries our burdens so that we do not have to carry them alone. So the Israelites at this time, they are in one of the darkest seasons of their history. Everything has been taken from them. Their homes, their possessions, even their dignity. And when God says that he will have compassion on them, how do they know that God isn't offering up lip service? And what about for us? How can we have hope in the love of God when we cry out no differently than like the Israelites? When they say, the Lord has forsaken me, my Lord has forgotten me. Well, a day would come when the cries of the Israelites, the cries of our souls, would be on the very lips of God himself. When Jesus was dying on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experienced our worst nightmare, being forgotten, and forsaken by God. And why would he subject himself to all this? Why would he give up this beautiful connection with God the Father? So that we would not have to experience any of that. Jesus was forsaken so that we might be accepted by God. Jesus was forgotten so that we would be remembered and loved by the God of the universe. So the love of God is where he would never forget the cries of his people. He would never turn a deaf ear to our plight. And at the same time, God would act. He would extend compassion to us. He would take matters into his own hands. He would not be distant and far off, but he would come down to us. In the person of Jesus, he entered into the mess of our lives 
and he suffered with us. All of our burdens became the burdens of Jesus. And he didn't do this begrudgingly, but out of pure love and delight for us. While he carried and took on every ounce of our burdens and it crushed him to the ground, he did so out of love for us. So God's love is like a mother's love where he remembers. He also has compassion. And there's one more piece to this love that we're going to look at this morning, and that's a love that is certain. Verse 16 says, Behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Now, back in the ancient world, uh, the walls of the city were so critical uh, to any people because they were the means of protection and of security for the people living inside. But then when the Babylonians came through, the, the city walls of Jerusalem were completely decimated. And it was after that point that this dark season of Israel's life began. But God would not gloss over their pain or look past their suffering. He says, your walls are continually before me. So this dark part of Israel's past, their history, is something that God will never forget. But God, he's not being merely sentimental here. He shows us how certain his love is. He says, behold, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. You see, God's love is permanent. He engraves us on the palms of his hands. There's a permanent mark on the hands of God that we are his people. And, and what are these marks for? Are they, are they reminders for God to, to remember us? No, God doesn't need reminders to, to love us. Love is so central to his character and to who he is. Instead, these marks are permanent reminders for us that we are precious and valuable to God. And how do we know that we have been engraved in the palms of his hands? Friends, we only need to look to the hands of Jesus. Because when Jesus was nailed to the cross, taking on the fullness of our brokenness, he received permanent marks. Marks that would prove his certain love for us. And what's interesting is that even after he resurrects, rises from the dead, he continues to bear the scars from his death. Marks on his hands are physical, permanent reminders of God's love for us, that he was willing to take on all of our pain and suffering to the point of dying, and then rising up from the grave to new life, a new life that he offers each and every one of us. 
And these marks were also reminders for Jesus' closest disciples. Back in the Gospel of John, uh, after Jesus resurrects, he appears to many of his disciples. And for whatever reason, uh, Thomas was not there. And when the rest of the disciples go to him and tell him, Jesus is alive, he's risen from the dead. Thomas, with a bit of skepticism, says to them, unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. And then about a week passes by when Jesus does appear to Thomas. And Jesus says to him, put your finger here and see my hand. Put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And then Thomas answers him, my Lord and my God. Mark's on the hands of Jesus are reminders to us of his certain love for us. One author wrote, God gave us Jesus. If God didn't withhold from us his very own son, will God withhold anything we need? If trust must be earned, hasn't God unequivocally earned our trust with the bark on the raw wounds, the thorns pressed into the brown, your name on the cracked lips. How will he not also graciously give us all things he deems best in it? He's already given us the incomprehensible. There's some of us here today where we, we do not need any convincing that life is hard. Because that could be our day-to-day reality. And if that's you, maybe God is calling you to receive his love. Be filled by his love. To, to look at the hands of Jesus and know that his love for you surpasses all other loves, that the marks on Jesus' hands show us true compassion, the fact that we are etched into the hands of God means that his love for us is certain, that there is no doubt that God has suffered for you, he has suffered with you, that he really cares for us. And maybe there are some of us here today that God is calling us to to show the love of Jesus. You know, maybe there is someone that is close, near to you, that's in a season of pain and suffering. And perhaps God might be calling you to, to be present with them so that this person does not suffer in silence. And while being present with them, to extend compassion in real, concrete 
ways to help carry, share the burdens. And by doing this, what a beautiful way for us to show that God has not forsaken me. So whether God might be calling you to receive his love or extend his love, may we remember the good news that Jesus was forsaken so that we would never be. And allow this good news to take hold of your heart today. Let's all pray together. Father, we do thank you for your love for us, that your love indeed surpasses all other loves. That you are a God who does not forsake his people, who will never leave us, but that you are present. And you are not, you are not merely present with us, but you demonstrate compassion. And what a beautiful demonstration of your compassion of sending your son Jesus to come down and enter into all of the broken things of this world and our lives, to suffer and to die, to rise again so that we would experience acceptance into the family of God, that we would be received and known as the children of God. And thank you for these powerful reminders of where we only have to look to the hands of Jesus. And we see there your certain love for us, that we have been etched into your hands. So God, whether you might be calling us to receive and sit with your love, or whether we might be called to extend your love, Father, continue to delight in us, shower us with your goodness and with your love this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.